Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We were ready to go if we couldn't uh, get a deal that met the needs and demands and expectations of our members. And it was very clear uh, as we got close to midnight that uh, they understood that because they came forward with a significant offer. That is the voice of Alana Payne, president of Unifor, coming out to... And giving us some good news to wake up to this morning with Unifor announcing they've got a tentative deal with Ford, which will prevent a strike on this side of the border with its 5,600 auto workers. Don't have any details of this thing. It's still got to be voted on by the members. But for now, it stops a strike here, and they will go on to negotiate with the other companies, Stellantis and uh, I think it's GM. Um, But it also comes on day five of a much bigger strike by the American Big Three. And uh, on the day that Canada gets its deal, they are threatening to expand their strike against all three Detroit automakers. And um, so what happens now? It's good news that we've got a deal, but does it matter given how integrated our auto markets are? You know, we, I don't know, what gets stalled? Let's find out. I'll go to Greg Lason because he actually knows. He uh, writes for Auto News Canada, digital and mobile edit. Good to have you, Greg. Good to be back. What what does this mean? I mean, it's good news for us, but... Yeah, it, I mean, right now it means that auto workers at Ford in Ontario will go to work for the foreseeable future. They'll uh, have a ratification information session and vote probably this weekend, we're being told, um, and then we'll go from there. Uh, I agree with you. I think all eyes are on the United States. I think that is influencing some of the sentiment and... Um, attitudes in the Unifor rank and file. I think we've seen Sean Fain of the UAW, the head of the UAW, really ratchet up the rhetoric. And, you know, we live in a global village these days and brothers and sisters in the unions on both sides are rallying behind Sean Fain. So it's possible that this deal gets rejected. I don't know if it will, but I do know I talked to some folks in the union yesterday who have similar thoughts that I just shared, that there's a possibility Mm -hmm that the rank and file reject the offer. We've seen uniform members in other sectors reject offers this year. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, what is a substantive offer? Like we don't even have the details unless you've been able to get some of them. What's substantive? Yeah. I don't exactly know what Ford and uniform categorized Ford's offer as substantive. I don't know what that means, but I do know that I've been told by Unifor officials that they were looking for, and I'm quoting now, a substantial increase in wages north of 20% over the term of the deal, which will probably be four years. Mm-hmm. So that's really all I know, because credit where credit is due, Unifor, their top executive did a really good job at remaining tight-lipped, unlike yeah. the UAW who came out and said, we want 46% and then 40%. Uh, And then it kind of went radio silent after that, but we're hearing they're still after 36%. In Canada, we never did know what they were after until I heard from someone last night that they were looking for north of 20%. Yeah, which would be a substantive offer. But to your point, uh, these unions know that they've got kind of power on their side right now. Uh, But what does this mean then for their American brothers and sisters? Because I don't know if they communicate 
uh, you know, at all about this. Um, but does it help them in the United States? Does it have any kind of influence? Well, look, our Canadian counterparts got this. You know, does it does it give any influence? Well, I think it might affect it once you know the details. Well, you know, the devil's in the details. Whatever comes out, if it's twenty percent, then that helps the automakers on the other side. And they point north and say, "Look, they settled for twenty. Why can't you settle for twenty? Right?" And that right. was always going to be one of the hurdles or sticking points of these negotiations is that both unions on both sides of the border for the first time and seemingly forever were negotiating at the same time. So it pits one another against each other. And, you know, there might be members on that side of the border who say, why didn't you strike? We went out. Um, You should have done the same. But they are not the same union. They don't negotiate in the same way. They don't follow the same pattern. They don't even really have the same demands because we do, whether you like it or dislike it, we do have public health care in Ontario. And that is something in the benefits package that weighs a little less in Canada than it does in the United States. So there's not there's similarities, but they're not the same. But what we do share is a very integrated market. So like in a perfect world, it would be like, okay, well, we can go on with our business, but we can't. So, you know, we may have a deal, but. How much can we get done if our American counterparts are, are, you know, disrupting the chain? And we don't know how long. I mean, someone was saying it could be months. Yeah, after the uh, initial what I call symbolic strike, um, sharing some words from some other insiders where they walked out at three plants that don't really have an economic in, in an immediate economic impact on the automakers. But it was they, they struck to send the message that we're willing to do this. Now, if Friday comes and they don't have a deal and they walk out, Boy, then you're really talking about disruptions within the supply chain in Ontario, within inventory, if it lasts some weeks at a time. Um, you know, I think that's where where Unifor had an advantage is if they struck Ford in Windsor, they were going to shut down an engine plant whose 30 percent of those engines are sent to profit margin vehicles such as the F-Series pickup yeah, and yeah. The, the Mustang. So, yes, they're integrated and there can be serious harm done on both sides of the border whenever anyone walks out. So if you were going to a dealership today, um, would you be ordering any of these cars right now? N- not not uh, because yeah. they're not good. I'm just saying, like, given the uncertainty, would you still be saying, OK, I want that, you know, whatever they build? Well, look, you're, you're already waiting for vehicles. Yeah. The automakers have figured out that people are willing to wait for their purchase. And they figured that out during the pandemic. So, you know, uh, using the Ford Bronco as an example, that, you know, UAW walked off the job at the Bronco plant. Well, there's already months-long waiting lists for Broncos. So if you went in because you wanted a Bronco, you were already willing to wait. Does it matter that you have to wait an extra month? Probably not because you're waiting months at a time. The Jeep plant, for instance, that walked out in Toledo, we don't have numbers on the Canadian side. They don't report them. But on the U.S. side, they have 100 days of inventory in some cases. So you're, you're really not waiting for that product either. It becomes a concern in terms of inventory when it drags on for weeks, not days. When, uh, Greg, before I let you go, what's the kind of date you're looking at to get a clear picture of what we're looking at? When do you think that hits? Well, I... I in terms of the ratification, I'm hoping by Monday, then we know what happens on this side of the border. Yeah. Um, you're talking probably by the end of the week, you might start seeing some suppliers in Canada feel the effect of the three strikes that yeah. are ongoing in the United States right now. It usually takes in the just-in-time delivery realm a few days for those effects to be felt because what will happen is suppliers will build up inventory mm-hmm. and keep their employees working for as long as they can. And then once there's nowhere to ship parts, then they shut it down. 
similar in the sense that, you know, Essex Engine Plant in Windsor will be churning out engines until they're no longer needed in the United States. So there is lag, usually three days to a week for supplies. And then for inventory, it could be, you know, three weeks to a month before you notice that. And just quickly, because I know that they do more of their negotiation out in the public in the U.S. Uh, Are they any closer or do you get the sense that they're really at a stalemate? No, I get the sense that they're really in a jam now. Um, we saw the Detroit Three CEOs push back in sort of fact-checking okay. format yesterday about all of the things Fain has been saying about how much they make and how their salaries are, are constructed and what the compensation is based on. So there's been a lot of back and forth publicly from the automaker side now, which is often rare. The, the automakers usually stay quiet, but... Yeah. They're pushing back, and the barbs are getting a little stronger now. And and I, I it, it doesn't look good midweek. Um, you know, Fain has made it very clear that they will walk on Friday, and and they claim they haven't had any decent counter offers from the automakers in days. And if you check his Twitter, he's been uh, tweeting out some Samuel L. Jackson movie <laughs> quotes that uh, don't have language suitable for your show. Yeah, so the just... anger on the UAW side is certainly ramping up. Read between the F-bombs. All right, Greg. Exactly. Thank you. All right, we'll talk again. I appreciate it. Anytime. There you go. There's uh, Greg Lason uh, keeping up on this. He's uh, with Auto News Canada Digital and his mobile editor.